Hello again. Welcome back to On Texas Football, the YouTube channel. I am Trey Elling alongside Joe Cook. It is another Monday edition of our instant reaction from Steve Sarkeesian's Monday presser. This following Texas 24-21 win over Iowa State, heading into a huge matchup this coming Saturday in Stillwater against uh, ranked Oklahoma State team, Joe, that is coming off of a disappointing loss themselves against TCU in Fort Worth last Saturday. Yeah, it's one they, they gave up a big lead with, or at least a decent size lead uh, before Max Duggan and the rest of the Horn Frogs came back to um, got to watch some of it while in the press box at DKR, finishing up some stuff for Inside Texas. Uh, and one of the things I noticed is that, man, that, that team needs Mr. Sanders. They need him, even if he's not full go. Uh, they need him because even a limited Spencer Sanders can help them out. Um, uh, an out, out Spencer has a lot of problems for them. Um, limited Spencer Sanders still is able to do stuff to the Texas defense. And uh, I think that's why Mike Gundy employed the Steve Sarkeep, who employed the you know Nick Saban school of thought, who employed the whatever coach it came from school of thought as far as being very vague with injury. At court, uh, you know, and it, it's it's an interesting time because we saw the line jump just incredibly quickly uh, after a lot of books were released their early spreads for it. So, uh, real interesting. Oklahoma State's coming from uh, this week as they have homecoming, and it's after their uh, you know a loss for them. Interesting for the Longhorns because it's going to be a chance for in overcome some of those road woes uh 0-1 in true road games this year one road win uh in the steve sarkeesian era and it was against uh gary patterson's tenure so kind of a big proving ground for texas for a lot of players as well quinn ewers included yeah, and the ugly reality for Steve Sarkeesian throughout his history as a head coach, Joe, is that he has not been good in two specific situations. One is against ranked competition, and two, in conference road games. And he is staring down the barrel of both of those things. This weekend in Stillwater, you're right, Spencer Sanders' status, obviously a big deal. And Texas, I think they got an ugly victory out of the way this last Saturday against an Iowa State team who, while having an inferior roster, was one that was going to play very hard, obviously, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and can properly prepare you, hopefully, if you're a Texas fan, for the physicality that they'll be facing from that Oklahoma State defense this coming Saturday. Yeah, Matt Campbell, Jim Heacock, that whole staff, they're, they're some of the best game planners uh, and great motivators. Hard. They play to, you know, to the whistle, through the whistle. Um, and they came out with a really great game plan on offense and a solid one on defense. Help that Hunter Deckers probably had the game. Probably problems with the Longhorns defense that we'll go into uh, either later today or later this week. But you got to give your credit where it's due to him. He played really well. But when you put the ball in the hands of a player like him who – has his ups and downs, you get the ups and downs. And Texas was a beneficiary uh, of those down deckers, both the interception caused by Jalen Ford and the forced fumble uh, credited to Anthony Cook there at the very end on a drive that saw Iowa State or, or, or tie. So 
Uh, very important. Um, didn't get the best of games from Quinn Ewers in his limited output or in his limited showings. And he still got three touchdowns. Still got through him for those touchdowns. So um, you get there's a lot of good with the bad. Um, that's kind of life in the Big 12. Iowa State doesn't isn't on one of its up roster cycles like it made a couple of years. Uh, you know, replacing uh, big dudes at quarterback, tight end, and, and running back. Uh, but they're still a confident team. They're well coached. Um, and all that kind of seems like everybody's in the big jumbled mess in the middle. No one's really stood out. I guess you could argue TCU has at this point, but but they're really it. Uh, it's looked pretty darn crisp in, in nearly everything they've done. Pretty darn crisp in nearly everything. I think that's a good way to describe it. So, um, And then, of course, they topped Oklahoma State, and that's uh, – that team was probably right behind them in that area, uh, along with Kansas State. So uh, good for the Longhorns to take care of, of an opponent that has given it fit four straight or three straight years, 1920, yeah, 1920, 21, uh, giving them problems, loves beating Texas, loves being able to claim they beat Texas. Did it in a way that Iowa State had inflicted on Texas in the past, uh, you know, just taking advantage of, of opponent mistakes at, at crunch time in order to do the thing to win. And, you know, I know there are probably some outcries from around, uh, you know, the non-Austin parts of the Big 12 for targeting. Um, I, I didn't see it. I, I can see where it, even if you didn't have much of an anti-Texas bias with the way he, uh, Anthony Cook, you know, went in for that tackle. But, hey, tackling football is a violent sport sport it is there was no real intent i think on the part of anthony cook to you know hit hit a player high um the target changed it is what it is and the officials uh at it and i think they saw correctly that they didn't see targeting and you know texas gets the uh the last rush they needed so uh just you know kind of a a, a game indicative of what the big tour a game that you know Texas and and or a game that Iowa State likes the style of typically, um, and the Longhorns prevail with the three point win. Look, non Longhorn fans need to chill out on that. He didn't hit him with the crown of his helmets. He hit him in the shoulder pads. And as great of a game as Hunter Decker's played on Saturday, Joe, he apparently went to the the Charlie Brewer school of not knowing when you need to slide versus taking unnecessary contact. Part of that was on him for trying to grind out that extra yard or two versus getting down and hoping, uh, hopefully for him in the Iowa State offense, living to see another down, you know? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and I, I think he's a redshirt freshman. Does that sound right? Uh, so that's someone who, who's going to – he'll be another crafty lefty, uh, at least in the quarterback ranks that the Longhorns will see in, in the Big 12 in these coming years. 
Steve Sarkeesian uh, choosing to look at the silver linings of the victory on Saturday. Certainly don't blame him for that. And I thought he made a great point about what this team has really been doing well these last few weeks since that loss to Texas Tech and Lubbock. It starts with running the football well. And boy, did B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson provide a wonderful one-two punch, especially in the second half of the game against the Cyclones. Also defending well, which maybe that was a little bit hit or miss, especially when you're talking about that patchwork secondary, giving up big plays at times to the Longhorns throughout the course of the second half of the game. And then also winning that turnover margin two to nothing. You mentioned the Anthony Cook uh, fumble and recovery, obviously that Jalen Ford interception as well. Those are big things. And if you're playing good defense, if you're running the football well, and if you are winning the turnover battle, you're going to win a lot of football games regardless of the level of play. And Joe, you had a chance to speak with not just Quinn Ewers to go along with Steve Sarkeesian, but also Jalen Ford, who really was the defensive star of the game on Saturday. What were you able to learn from Jalen from speaking with him about his recent performances? Yeah, uh, just, you know, talking about, and this is something he rooted, uh, you know, after the game Saturday, he basically, you know, he knew he was a good player. The coaches knew he was a good player, but at a certain point last year, he just wasn't playing like, uh, it sounds like they told him, hey, find confidence in yourself. And he spoke about that on Saturday, kind of reiterated it today. You know, he had Tory Becton in his corner. He had, uh, you know, Coach Stark Choate. Uh, all those guys trying to tell him, hey, you you got this. You're a good player. And ever since he started those last two games uh, against West Virginia and against Kansas State, you know, a phenomenal defender. is uh, playing like an all-conference linebacker. And, man, that hasn't happened at Texas in, what, six years almost since I think Malik Jefferson was American. I don't think it happens too often around here, at least at that true off-ball linebacker position. So he's playing at that level. He's doing great, um, and he's just been an important fact it's that you know, despite its holes and some of its problems it had in the secondary, he's been a, there to help shore it up. Because last year, uh, you know, when they had Demarvin Owe, conventional full time, uh, they also had Luke Brockermeyer there before his injury. That was a position of weakness for the Longhorn defense. Opposing offensive coordinators with attack it into but they're not finding as much success now um and and coach Sarkeesian really emphasized you know the versatility and that's a football buzzword these days are you are you very uh but he's looked at home and in, in pass coverage the interception kind of proves that uh he's looked at home you know filling gaps on the run he's a sure tackler he has a lot of opportunities and he makes most of them he'll miss a higher volume I guess than some players just because of how often he's there but you know I think Texas is getting everything they could have wanted and more and he talked about how you know it it, it took some some players uh you know he had to get accustomed to Texas in the midst of the COVID pandemic and he had J uh Roshan Johnson working out with him in Dallas uh before or Jalen arrived on campus just kind of showing him how things work and you know after all these years you've got the uh, the confidence you got the ability you got the fit and now Jalen fantastic football and you just mentioned Roshan Johnson Roshan's name came up along with Jordan Whittington when Steve Sarkeesian was talking about a couple of different guys who just look like they're out there having fun playing football and a, a certain infectiousness that comes 
uh, from those guys doing so with their teammates and making their teammates want to step up and uh, not just play alongside of them, but just match the intensity level. Uh, Roshan, obviously, is uh, one of the big leaders on the team. It's great to see Jordan Whittington, though, Joe, uh, not only able to stay healthy, but to be this productive as a football player. I know Saturday's game was maybe a little bit down for him, but this is a guy who is arguably as important as anybody in that receiving room, maybe save Xavier Worthy. And they needed that second guy to step up once Isaiah Nayor uh, went out with that knee injury in fall practice. Yeah, it's been awesome to see Jay Witt stay on the field and be to opposing defenses. Um, so he's, he's had to take on additional responsibilities too. They, they kind of have made him – uh, the, the you know second wide receiver behind last year they would take them off the field um, if they you know went to two tight end sets and I think they realized this year that wasn't something that can happen and just the fact that he's able to play and make a difference here that's huge for his confidence because he hasn't had that feeling uh, these past few years I think you know knock on every single thing around you uh, um, this year, year since maybe his sophomore year at Quero, like even in his junior and senior year at Quero, he was playing through stuff. Uh, 20 has those electric couple of plays and then out for the year 2020, you know, in 2021, like it's just tough sledding for the kid. And now he's finally having this opportunity to difference game after game. And you can tell, like, he's just so happy to play football. And he credited Brennan Marion for that today. Uh, saying yeah, that uh, the new wide receiver coach for Texas some joy back to him and playing the game of football. And that that really reflects well, or that's reflected in how he plays on the field. And that last you know little tackle he had of Rashawn boost him past the line to gain is a little bit in, – in, in, I mean, it shows that. Um, I couldn't – upon re-watching it, I had a friend point this out to me. I don't know if he missed that – missed an assignment, but – He's been playing so hard that he maybe he realized that in real time and goes, uh, I got to fix this and gets Roshan Johnson across the line of scrimmage. So, so great football. Those two are obviously super well respected in the locker room for what they do. And uh, it's not just what Whittington does with the ball in his hands. It's what he does without it, too. That's been see And he's playing like the guy everybody thought he'd be a little bit coming out of Quero High School. No doubt about that. Uh, blocking a big deal for all the Longhorn wide receivers, the tight ends as well. And let's be honest, the offensive line has really stepped up their play over these last several weeks. I think Paul Wadlington pointed it out in his offensive uh, post-mortem posted on Saturday night that the offensive line has struggled early in games these last handful of contests, but they've really made the necessary adjustments and, and done a great job of not only opening running lanes for Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, but Quinn Ewers has really not faced a ton of pressure throughout the course of these last three go games going back to West Virginia. Uh, and of course, Hudson Card was the, uh, the quarterback. West Virginia, but the quarter, the quarterback position has not faced a ton of pressure, and they've faced some uh, some good defensive lines in that time. Obviously, including the Iowa State defensive line this last weekend. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, exactly. You can see those guys growing up over the course of the season and over the course of a game. But we've seen great stuff from both Kelvin Banks. Those two guys have been unbelievable this year, and you're seeing steady improvement from uh, Connor Majors and, and Hudson. There's still some misses, but I mean, sometimes happens when you're playing offensive line and you're kind of getting accustomed to new, new or new-ish roles. But yeah, it's been great for the quarterbacks. Uh, this is going to be in another important game. Uh, keep them clean. Keep Quinn Ewers clean because Oklahoma State has a lot of old for college football players in its defensive front. It's got good linebackers. They're a well-coached unit. Vestiges of uh, Jim Knowles' defensive identity, and you combine that, that they kept for the most part, uh, with you know Derek Mason and his ability uh, to coach defense at Vanderbilt, coached it all right at uh, Auburn, but there are a lot of other actors going on there. So it's going to be really important for Quinn Ewers to, to be able to be clean in this pocket. Keep the because we have never seen Quinn Ewers start on the road in a Texas uniform. Uh, he's been on the road um, and, you know, the Cotton Bowl is an extremely unique environment. Crowd noise because you got, you know, people supporting you, people against you. You're going to be in some situations in that stadium where you're uh, – you know, you've got the opposing fans, but he's never seen anything like this. Or if he considers Lubbock something like this, he's never played in anything like this. Uh, it's going to be homecoming at Oklahoma State. It'll be 2.30, so it's not enough time for, for people to get going. Uh, so it'll be a, a big test for him to see if he's if his even-keeled nature uh, and, the, and the successes that that has offered him this year uh, will help him out going forward in, in Stillwater. You spoke with Quinn Ewers a little bit earlier this afternoon. What did you learn from the Longhorn signal caller? You know, he, he's pretty uh, mum when it comes to to dealing with the media. Um, I, I asked him something about, hey, when you were Golic, your status, you know, your reps in practice, that varied. It was a little bit up in the air. That's not happening this week. You're you're the guy. You know you're obviously the guy in there, and you're starting. You know on Saturday. Does anything change for you? And he says, No. You know it was a little bit unique trying to prepare uh, because you know I, I was not only trying trying to get healthy. By the way, Hudson Card still had to practice and, and prepare for the game. Uh, so a little bit different process. He said he's not going to change much, but I mean I think that just means he's not how he prepared for ULM, how he prepared for Alabama, uh, how he prepared for Oklahoma and that type of idea. So really curious to see, um, you know, I, I didn't get the chance to ask this, uh, but I know between some early season health issues and just, you know, being the fourth quarterback uh, at Ohio State or maybe third at best, he made a travel roster last year uh, for the Buckeyes. So a lot of this is going to be real new for him. Um, I'm curious to see how he handles it, but he he has faith in in his ability to be you know pretty even keel the whole time. I feel like Steve Sarkeesian does too, uh, but I really do want to see how he's able to handle. You know, maybe they go three and out one time; it, it happens, and it 
with this tech. I mean, he goes three and out. Is he able to come back and, and be okay and, and do just fine uh, the following series? It's going to be something we haven't seen from him before, and it'll be a good time. Uh, top, I think they're the, the number 11 team in the country, uh, according to the AP poll. And speaking of that last point, one of the more interesting things that Steve Sarkeesian talked about today is uh, how they can play better on the road. He says it really comes down to maturity, which leads to a poise and composure that will help the team overcome adversity. And that includes, of course, playing complimentary football, but it also has to do with having a short memory and understanding that just because you failed on that most recent set of downs, that should not impact what you do on that next set of downs. You need to be able to focus on the task at hand. And if you can do that, you can go into Stillwater and what is one of the most hostile environments in this conference and steal a game from a team that a lot of people thought even uh, just a week ago was the front runner to win this conference. You do that, you put yourself in a great position to make it to that Big 12 championship game that first weekend of December. Yeah, that poise, it was kind of, I was a little bit intrigued by the fact that uh, he went with, you know, intangibles and, and off-field stuff instead of, you know, talk ball after that. Uh, but that poise and composure, I mean, that's that's been a question for a lot of Longhorns fans about these teams in the in the Steve Sarkeesian era. I think there's been this year between a five and two record and, uh, you know, you know, playing really tough and tough situations, even if the uh, outcome isn't always clean. But he, he talked about that poison. I thought that was kind of notable. I and mean, he's right on the uh, uh, complimentary football aspect. If you can turn the ball over and shut the fans up for a little bit, boom, that's awesome. And we're off of that. Basically, it's, hey, don't give their uh, crowd a, a reason to yell, a reason to cheer. And uh, whenever I hear complimentary football, to me, that just means clean football, making good tackles, getting the ball back to your offense and giving your offense time to work down the field and, and your defense time to rest. Uh, so I, I thought it was, I, I think, I think that's a good, Hey, I also know Steve Sarkeesian likes taking quick strike shots to the, uh, to deep balls to Xavier Worthy and, and Jordan Whittington, maybe even a big run from B. John Rob, it's a crowd just as quick, but uh, the poise and composure. I mean, that's something that, like, basically every game this year, it's like, all right, prove this, all right, prove this, all right, prove in games in, or at another, like, all right, we, we you got to prove this, you know, you, you failed to do it against Texas Tech, uh, you got to do it against the team that really your season into a spiral i think that uh, that's my opinion that everything turned at that oklahoma state game last year if you really want to have this whole revenge tour thing you know this is a place to do it and you'll be, be able to oh, fail to do last year you'll be able to do it now and in, uh, in stillwater last nugget from sark's monday presser today it had to do with the sort of humanization of the head football coach for the texas longhorns he was asked by i believe kirk bowles about utah's decision to go for two at the end of their game with usc they get the two-point conversion they end up uh, pulling off the upset although vegas didn't have it as an upset technically and steve sarkeesian was asked if he saw the game first and what he thinks about a decision like that and he kind of paused for a second and said, well, I wasn't watching the game because I was uh, celebrating my wife's birthday at dinner with her, and it was awesome. 
and I don't know if he intended to say it like this, but he was like, and I was kind of keeping an eye on the game at the same time. And I think uh, most guys in the audience can relate to that. I certainly know I can, where you're uh, keeping an eye on an NFL or a college game, or maybe it's playoff baseball for you, obviously, with your Astros squarely in the mix right now. I think we've all had that moment where we're not paying close enough attention to what's going on at the dinner table because we're distracted by that phone and whatever the sporting event is. Yeah, I've, I've been there before. I was, uh, uh, my friend, it was pretty funny. I'm in the bathroom watching how a game plays out, and uh, somebody comes up to me, you know, are you really watching the game? Angrily. I was like, all right, you're watching the game? Let me see what's up. So uh, I, I know how, how that feels. Um, it was kind of interesting to hear his answer, too, because I think that with with Kyle Whittingham and and that situation, you know that was as good as Utah was going to play. Just to even get back in that game uh, mm-hmm. was pretty impressive on their part. And Cam, Cam Rising, so it, it's definitely one of those like, all right, you know, go ahead and give it a shot. We're here. We made it this far. A little lucky, a little lucky uh, to be here. Uh, we might as well go ahead and you know out of here with the win and and not go forward. Uh, you know, risking maybe against a superior opponent, just longer gameplay. I like his answer. It, it You have to just kind of not wait, but see how the game feels. Uh, you know, if it's, if it's seven, six, okay, maybe you go f- for it. Uh, I don't know. You know, it, it, I think he's right just to say it, it depends on the game uh, because like, okay, if it's seven, six, do you go for two and uh, you know, hope that uh you're you're you can win eight or uh do you go to overtime and you know maybe consider losing 10 7 um or do you if it's you know 48 49 or 49 48 you try to make it 50 your uh decision uh i think that steve sarkeesian's spoken in the past about analytics before uh and its effect on the longhorn program and for as much as many jokes about the binder there was under Tom Herman, you got to know that every single program, every single program that's worth anything, at least at this point, has a binder. A couple of weeks ago, it's like there have been times when I'm on my own 30 uh, and it's fourth and six and the book says go. <laughs> and, you know, it's his responsibility as a coach to turn whether, OK, that fourth and six. OK, sure, I'll go. Or to say, no, hold on, hold on, numbers. Let me let me punt here. Uh, I think that's just something that a coach has to determine throughout the I liked his answer, not only for the football context, but kind of to show that, you know, there's this guy makes, you know, five point something million dollars a year. He's universally thought of as a mind. You know, he's at one of the pinnacle coaching jobs in the sport, and he's still kind of like a regular old person, just like, yeah, I love you, honey. And, uh, oh, man, Cam Rising is the thing. Yeah, I love your point, by the way, about uh, understanding the situation when deciding whether or not to go for it, because that's not a binary thing necessarily. And that's one of the things that bothers me about these coaches that are all in on analytics these days, whether you're talking about a John Harbaugh or Brandon Staley, somebody along those lines. It's like just because it's fourth and one doesn't mean you have to go for it. You have to understand the context of the game. And if it's fourth and one, yeah, you can maybe go for it and win the game if you're San Diego or the uh, L.A. Chargers a couple weeks ago. But you could also punt the ball back inside your own 20 and you got 
have an opponent that's had a hard time moving the football all day long, making it that much more difficult for them to drive it back down the field to get that game-winning field goal. Steve Sarkeesian seems to have a better handle of that than Tom Herman did. If nothing else, it seems like he respects the three points more than Tom Herman ever did because he does actually kick field goals from time to time. Even though Burt Auburn, I know, missed one on Saturday. Burt Auburn has been pretty clutch for this team. Steve Sarkeesian realizes that Auburn is a weapon and uh, early in games or depending on the situation, he will go for the three if it makes sense. Yeah. Points on the board or points on the board, you know, odd situation just to, you know, kick that. I I don't know. It it definitely takes some uh, discernment from the coach's part and, you know, hearing, okay, what, talking to uh, Jeff Banks and I forget the uh, quality control guy who, who's kind of the special teams, you know, specific as far as specialists with kickers and those guys go. Uh, but it, talking to him, Hey, does Bert feel all right? Hey, is the wind, you know, 15 miles an hour crosswind. Uh, it takes a lot to, to find in these game situations. And the right answer isn't just always what the spreadsheet says. It is often, Uh, But it's not always that way. Joe, thanks as always for the time today. Looking forward to next Monday. Absolutely. Always a good one, Trey. He is Joe Cook. I am Trey Elling. You are watching on Texas Football YouTube channel. If you like this episode, make sure to click that thumbs up and do subscribe. Go ahead and hit that red subscribe button now. Until next time, this is on Texas Football. Hook them.